No, it's not on the screen. <laughs> Psalm 119, verses 25 through 32, and we're all going to read this together. Psalm 119, 25 to 32 says, My soul is stuck in the dust. Revive my life according to your words. My, I told you about my ways, and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the meaning of your precepts. Then I will meditate on your wonders. My soul melts with sorrow, but by your words make me stand firm. Turn me away from false ways and be gracious to me through your law. I have chosen the way of truth. I accept your judgments. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Do not let me be put to shame. I run the way of your commandments, for you have strengthened my heart. So I like that last line where he says, I run the way of your commandments. That's what the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to do. So when the Lord fills us with the Spirit, we're able to run in the path of God's commandments because it's in the path of God's commandments that we have life and that we, that we live the kind of life that the Lord wants us to live. So think about that this week. You know, if you're, you're struggling, like, oh, I can't obey the Lord, well, just know that you have the Holy Spirit. He should enable you to run in the path of God's commandments. All right, so uh, we're going to sing some songs first. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Really? 
gonna move this place God's gonna turn this world upside down God's gonna move this place God's gonna move this place God's gonna turn this world upside down God's gonna move this place God's gonna move this place God's gonna turn this world upside down God's gonna move this place God's gonna move this place God's gonna turn this world upside down One name under heaven Whereby we must be Love, a love that always finds me. 
Now it's time for us to do our communion meditation. I will say a few words. I will pray. And then you will have time to meditate and participate in this intimate thing that we call communion. This is an intimate time to remember what Jesus did on the cross for all the children of God. You should have received a communion packet. The little, thin, round cracker is the bread. This is Jesus' body broken for you. The juice is Jesus' blood shed for you. In 1 Corinthians 10, 15 through 21 reads, I speak to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? It is not the bread that we break participation in the body of Christ. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body. For we all share the one loaf. Consider the people of Israelites, or Israel. Do not those who eat the sacrifices participate in the altar? Do I mean that the food sacrificed to idols is anything or an idol or that any an idol is anything? No, but the sacrifice of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. I do not want you to participate with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. I think there are some important things about communion that we can pull from these verses. First, communion is not just between you and Jesus. Paul says, like the loaf, we are many slices of bread that make up one loaf. Together, we are unified when we eat and drink with thankfulness filling our hearts, knowing this, that without the blood of Jesus, we all had a dark future. Second, these scriptures talk about how holy the sacrifice is. The Israelites in the Old Testament would kill perfect animals to eat them as a sacrifice to God. Jesus is our holy and most perfect sacrifice. No other sacrifice was found worthy or capable to bring in relationship God with his holy children in this way. In the third, communion is an intimate time with God that must not be shared with any other spiritual forces. These scriptures remind us God is jealous and does not want to share you with any other spiritual forces. God is enough, and we don't need anything else. The word of God warns us not to take communion in an unworthy manner. So let's take this time to meditate and make sure our hearts are right with the Lord before we take communion. Father in heaven, thanks for this opportunity to remember that your son laid his life down for us in our sins. I just pray that as we reflect on this perfect sacrifice in honor of Jesus, that it brings you great joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Good morning, everyone. Uh, now is the time in the service for announcements. In the foyer area, um, we have uh, plastic containers for the Matthew 25 Ministries pill bottle donations, as well as used ink cartridges. So don't throw them away. We use them to reduce costs of office supplies. Every Thursday from 5 to 7 and the first Saturday of the month from 10 until noon, we have the food pantry and closed closet. It's a way for the community to come in and um, get their needs served, um, as well as for church members to serve uh, the community. Women's Bible study has been underway for several weeks now for the empty nesters studying the book of Galatians on Thursdays at 10 a.m. at Ruth Lyming's house. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, 6.30 to 7.30, we have a refit free ladies dance fitness class. Um, does take place here in the sanctuary. We've had some new ladies join us recently, so um, if you haven't been and you're a lady, you're welcome to join us. Heartland Kids, we are still looking for um, volunteers to serve in the nursery and children's church, um, which is just on Sundays during this service, uh, 10.30. Um, you don't have to have done it before. If you have any interest in doing it, you can be lady or... Um, we used to have male and female like couples doing it, so don't feel like you're left out. Um, we do have teen helpers if you're interested in doing that. Um, if you have any questions, you can let myself or Michelle know, but there is a sign-up on the welcome table. Cinnamon Roll and Stroll, uh, Saturday, April 9th at 10 a.m. We're going to meet here. Ladies, sign up at the welcome table. Um, we have had some questions asked about teens. Um, if you're a teen female, you can sign up as well. Um, it's really just going to be very casual, just kind of getting to meet each other. Um, we're going to have brunch, breakfast, brunch, whatever time that is at 10. And um, then we're going to go take a walk. We thought about Cincinnati Nature Center. We may still stay a little bit more local. Um, I haven't thought that all the way through just yet, but um, we, are, we have had some interesting names for a men's breakfast, but we're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, Goshen Community Easter Egg Hunt is Saturday, April 16th at 11 um, at the Goshen High School. So we are um, committed to 5,000 pre-filled eggs. So if you want to bring plastic eggs, candy, toys, stickers, things that you can fit in to serve children four to six years old, we will be looking for some of those donations by Sunday, April 10th. Um, you can bring them separately. You can bring them pre-filled. Just let me know what you have. Um, you can leave them in the foyer as well. So we need 5,000 of those, please. Easter service is Sunday, April 17th at 1030. We are just having one service this year, and we will have um, uh, children's service that day, um, and we'll we will have an Easter gift for all the kids. Tithes and offerings can be left in the offering box in the back of the sanctuary. A reminder for any leadership, we will have a uh, finance meeting next Sunday after church with lunch included. Thanks. She doesn't have anything else to say, but it's all right. Go ahead, say something else. Say something else. Regular coffee, decaf coffee, teas, um, hot chocolate, and there's hot water for drinks. But um, we are not serving breakfast like we used to do. We're trying to um, get a little more drinks. So, um, yeah, so come on. Well, all right. It's been a very interesting week for me, so that's why I'm kind of struggling here. So I'll tell you, I'll let you guys in on a little something. When you're a preacher and um, you're trying to prepare things, you think things are going to go one way, um, but then the Lord tends to send you different directions. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Just like this. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's good. So I had, uh, I, was, I was wanting to preach through 1 John, which I'm going to continue that. 
I was reading the next section, and um, yeah, I prepared an entire sermon for this week, and then I got to Friday, and then I started seeing it a little bit differently. The Lord took me a different direction, and so I don't have time to prepare that. So uh, we're going to go back to an old standby, which is Psalm 23. Everybody loves Psalm 23, so that's what we're going to be in today. Let's all turn together in our Bibles to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, we're going to read verses 1 through 6. Psalm 23, 1 through 6. And when you get there, please stand for the reading of God's Word. So the title of today's teaching is, The Lord Meets All Our Needs. The Lord Meets All Our Needs. Psalm 23, 1 through 6, the scriptures say, A psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You may be seated. Uh, how many of us have needs? Now, I didn't say how many of us have knees. I said how many of us have needs? <laughs> well, just like we all have knees, all of us also have needs, right? Things that we must have, things that we must have to sustain us, not only in this life, but also in the life to come. And that's what this psalm is all about. David teaches us some things that we must do to have all of our needs met. That's what we're going to talk about today. But first, let's pray. Lord, open our eyes and our ears so that we can see and hear the truth. And give us both the will and the ability to practice the truth through your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the first thing we must do to have all of our needs met is we must trust in the Lord Jesus as our shepherd. Trust in the Lord Jesus as our shepherd. So if we want our needs met, we've got to start where David starts. And I forgot to tell you, there's no, no uh, passages up here today, so you're just going to have to look at your Bible and look at me or look off to the side. I don't know if you don't like what I look like, but there's not going to be any passages on the screen at all today. So anyway, if we want our needs met, then we've got to start where David did. We've got to be able to confess the words of Psalm 23.1. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, I want you to notice that David uses God's covenant name in this verse. If you look down in your Bible, you'll see that the, Lord, the uh, word Lord is in all caps. And if you see the word Lord in all caps in the Old Testament, well, then you know that that's God's covenant name. It's four consonants, Y-H-W-H. And there's some debate about how to pronounce God's name. And you'll never get a Jewish person to pronounce it, so we don't really know. But some think, it's, uh, uh, some think you, say, you say it Jehovah, but most modern scholars agree it was probably pronounced Yahweh. So in Psalm 23.1, David uses God's covenant name. He says, Yahweh is my shepherd. And with those words, David reminds himself, the covenant-keeping God is his shepherd. And that's important because of the things that David's going to say next. Now, when we turn to the New Testament, we see that the terminology applied to Yahweh and the terminology of the shepherd is applied to the Lord Jesus. In John 10, 14, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and am known by my own. Jesus is the good shepherd. Hebrews 13, 20 speaks of our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. So the Lord Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. The Lord Jesus is our shepherd. So when we think about the Lord Jesus, we can apply everything David says in Psalm 23 about the Lord. We can apply all that to the Lord Jesus. Jesus is our Lord and he's our shepherd if we are his sheep. And Jesus tells us who his sheep are in John 10:26. John 10, 27. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish, nor shall anyone snatch them from my hand. Now, who are Jesus' sheep? 
Well, Jesus says it's those who hear his voice and follow him. See, a lot of people like to take that second verse and say, you know, I'm one of Jesus' sheep. I got eternal life. But they don't like that first part where it says his sheep are those who follow him. Those who follow him are his sheep. And those are the only people who can claim the benefits that come with having the Lord Jesus as our shepherd. In other words, what David says in Psalm 23 does not apply to us unless we're one of Jesus' sheep and Jesus is our shepherd. So let me ask you this. Is the Lord Jesus your shepherd? Are you listening to his voice and following him? Well, if not, then you can start today. How do you do that? You just make up your mind that you're going to listen to his voice through his word, and then you're going to follow him by obeying his word. So that's the first thing we must do to have all of our needs met. Trust in the Lord Jesus as our shepherd. Second, we must trust in the Lord Jesus as our provider. In Psalm 23, 1 through 3, we see that if the Lord Jesus is our shepherd, then he's promised to be our provider in several ways. First, he will meet our physical needs. The end of Psalm 23, 1 says, I shall not want. Now, the word want, it means lack. So David's saying, because the Lord is my shepherd, I will not lack anything that I need. See, those who have the Lord Jesus as their shepherd lack no good thing. As we read in Psalm 34, 9 through 10, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for the ones who fear him will not be in need. The young lions are in want and suffer hunger, but the ones who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. But those who have Jesus as our shepherd and who fear the Lord, and what fearing the Lord means is we obey the Lord, Those who have Jesus as their shepherd and obey him will not be in need. Those who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. You know, that's an incredible promise. The Lord Jesus will not withhold any good thing from us if we will simply obey him. See, if we seek him and trust him to supply our needs, he will supply all of our needs. So do you have a need for something good this morning? Well, if the Lord Jesus is your shepherd, then ask him to supply that need. And he promises us through his word that he will do it. Psalm 84, 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give favor and glory. For no good thing will he withhold from the one who walks uprightly. Do we serve a good God who wants to give us good things? But it's important that we understand that walking uprightly or walking in God's commands is a condition to the promise that God gives us in these verses that we just read. What that means is we cannot live any way that we want and expect this promise to apply to us. If we want God, if we want what God has promised, we need to meet the condition of the promise. And the condition is walking uprightly. And we can only walk uprightly if we follow the Lord Jesus as our shepherd. Jesus promised us in the Sermon on the Mount, if the Lord is our shepherd and if we're seeking the Lord by seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, well, then everything that we need will be added to us. So we never need to worry about it. We don't need to worry about where our clothes are going to come from or food is going to come from. Anything that we need because our shepherd will make sure that we have everything that we need. But there's a condition to this as well. We've got to put him first and follow him. Those who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. You know, so many people seem to think God doesn't want us to have anything good. That God wants us to struggle through life without our needs being met. As if we're supposed to be miserable as Christians. But the scriptures assure us, if we're following the Lord Jesus Christ, then we will never lack the things that we need. We'll never lack any good thing. The Lord will never withhold any good thing from his sheep. Now listen to this very carefully. He may hold back something we think is good, right, or something that we think that we need. He might hold that back from us because he knows that that thing will not be good for us. That thing is going to be bad for us. We think it's good. He knows it's bad, so he doesn't give us 
everything that we ask for. <clears throat> but he will not withhold anything that is truly good for those who follow him. The shepherd will provide for the physical needs of his sheep. So let me ask you this. Are you trusting in Jesus as your provider to meet your physical needs? Well, you've seen that he's promised that he will meet your physical needs. So are you following Jesus, obeying the Lord, seeking him in his righteousness, putting his kingdom above all else? Well, if so, then ask the Lord Jesus for what you need. Ask him for good things and expect him to supply your every need. Trust the Lord Jesus as your provider, and he will meet your physical needs. But not only will Jesus meet your physical needs, he will meet your spiritual needs. In Psalm 23, 2 and 3, David says of the shepherd, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Now, these verses, they teach us that the Lord will meet our spiritual needs. And there are at least two needs we all have spiritually. We have, and and Jesus promises to meet our need for rest and refreshing. That's the first need he'll meet. The imagery of lying down in green pastures, being led beside still waters, and having our souls restored is all meant to make us think about rest and refreshing. Our walk with the Lord should be one of rest and peace, not of anxiety and worry. Why do Christians worry so much about so many different things? The reason is we're not trusting in the Lord. Christians worry because we're not trusting the Lord. The scriptures say we should not be anxious about anything. So I want you to raise your hand if you've never been anxious about anything. Well, I disqualify from this. I'm personally disqualified from this because I've been anxious all morning, been anxious all the last couple of days. So. But the scriptures tell us not to be anxious for anything. Instead, we should cast all our cares on the one who cares for us, and then we should rest. But that's not what we do, is it? We don't cast all our cares on God and then rest. What we do is we say, God, I need this. God, I need that. And then we say, hey, God, how are you going to pull this off? How's this going to work? Show me exactly what we're going to do next. See, that's not resting. That's us being anxious still. How's, this, how's God going to do this? That's anxious. But we don't need to do that. If we'll just cast all our cares on God and then we'll rest, then we know that our shepherd and provider has us covered. If we don't know that today, we need to learn it, right? That, that he has us covered. We don't have to worry about it. See, our, our walk with the Lord should also be a walk of refreshing. In John 7, 37, Jesus said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And John continues in verse 39, But, by, but this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. God gives all of his people the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit continually produces rivers of refreshing living water that pour out of our hearts, or at least that's the way it ought to be. Now, too many people seem to think that when we receive the Holy Spirit at conversion, well, that's all that God will give us of the Holy Spirit. We're all done with that. We can move on to something else. But that's just not true. In Ephesians 5, 17 through 20, Paul says this. He says, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Stop getting drunk with wine, which leads to wild living, but keep on being filled with the Spirit. Keep on being filled with the Spirit. I want you to notice that the command to be filled with the Spirit is present and continuous. It's a a command to keep on doing something. God commands us to keep on being filled with the Spirit. And how do we do that? Well, we keep on asking God to fill us with the Spirit. We do this again and again. We should do this constantly, as Jesus says in Luke eleven thirteen. 13. He says, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who keep asking him? So this verse right here shows us that we're not to just ask for the Holy Spirit once. It's over and over again. Jesus tells us to keep on asking the Father to give us the Holy Spirit. 
And again, this is present and continuous tense, something that we do over and over. It's the same thing that Paul said. We got to keep on asking God to fill us with his Holy Spirit. We need to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. And in Ephesians 5.19, well, Paul tells us what the result of staying filled with the Spirit will be. He says, then when, you continue, when you're continually filled with the Spirit, you will recite to one another psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You will sing and make music to the Lord with your hearts. You will always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the result of being continually filled with the Holy Spirit is praise and thanksgiving. So we've got to stay filled with the Spirit because it's as we stay filled with the Spirit of God that the abundant rivers of refreshing living water pour out of our hearts and we are continuously refreshed by the Holy Spirit. And through all of that, we give thanks to God. We give praise to God. Why is it more of us aren't always praising and always thanking God? It's because we don't stay filled with the Holy Spirit. We've got to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, maybe you feel like your Christian life has stagnated. You spend more of your time pouting than you do praising the Lord. You spend more of your time in self-pity than you do in thanking the Lord for the many blessings that he gives you. Well, if that describes you, then you need to ask your shepherd and provider to meet your need for rest and refreshing. Ask the Father to fill you with the Holy Spirit today. And keep on asking him every day to keep filling you with the Spirit until the rivers of refreshing living water keep on flowing out of your heart, until that becomes a part of your daily life. And if you'll do that, your provider will constantly meet your need for rest and refreshing. The second need that Jesus will meet for all of us is he will meet our need for righteousness, another spiritual need that we have, our need for righteousness. David says of the Lord, he leads me in paths of righteousness. Now, if you study what shepherds do, shepherds go out in front of their sheep to show them the right way to go. They don't drive sheep from behind. They go out in front of them and lead them to where they want to go. And the sheep follow the shepherd by listening to the shepherd's voice. So we all need the voice of the shepherd guiding us. We need the voice of Jesus to guide us spiritually so that we can live righteous lives. We all need Jesus to lead us in a path of righteousness, to show us the right way to go. And we can be sure that if we will follow Jesus as our leader, well, he will always lead us on a path that will keep us from stumbling. As we walk that narrow path that Jesus has laid out for us in his word, well, we know that we're on the right path. We're on the path of righteousness. And he will never lead us into darkness. In John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall never or shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You know, if we're walking in darkness, if we're living in sin, well, that's a good indication that we're not following Jesus. Too many preachers have told us for so long that we can walk in the darkness and somehow still have fellowship with the Lord and somehow still have him as our, as our leader, our shepherd and all these things. They've been telling us lies for years. But Jesus says something different. He said, if we are following him, then we will never walk in darkness, right? So again, if we're walking in darkness, if we're walking in sin, then we are not following Jesus. So what's the remedy to that? Well, the remedy is to turn around, right? You're going the wrong direction. Let's go the right direction. Start to follow Jesus, and he will never lead us into darkness. Instead, he will always lead us to do what's right. Our good shepherd and our provider will always lead us in paths of righteousness. And David tells us the reason why he does that. He says he does it for his name's sake. In other words, when Jesus leads us in paths of righteousness, he does it for his own glory. Jesus leads his people to walk in paths of righteousness so that when we live as he intends, when we live upright and godly lives in this present age, well, it will bring honor and glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. So if we want all of our needs met, we must trust in the Lord Jesus as our shepherd and trust in the Lord Jesus as our provider. And we must also trust in the Lord Jesus as our protector and director. Now, Psalm 23, 4 through 5, David says, 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So when David talks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, he's not talking about dying. What he's talking about is the Lord protecting us from danger. He's talking about the dark and dangerous valleys in Palestine where wild animals and criminals were waiting to attack. Valleys where a shepherd would need to watch and guide his sheep very closely so that one of them didn't end up injured or worse. So David's saying, I don't fear any evil even during the darkest and most dangerous times in my life. That's what the valley of the shadow of death is. The, the, the darkest times of our lives, the, the most dangerous times of our lives. David doesn't fear any evil because he's confident that God will protect him and direct him through that darkness and that danger. Now, for us, the valley of the shadow of death could be any number of different dark times and dangers that we face in this life. Physical dangers, spiritual dangers, whatever it is. But the shepherd offers his protection to those who follow him so that we can say with David, we will fear no evil. And why don't we fear evil? Because we don't fear an evil because if we're following Christ, we can say with David, the shepherd is with me, with me. I don't need to worry about any evil if I will just follow the shepherd because I know the shepherd will be with me to protect me and direct me through any darkness and danger that I face if I will only trust in him. And here's something that we have to all get our heads around. The shepherd will not take us around those dark and dangerous valleys. We must go through them. See, we cannot avoid the dark and dangerous valleys in this dark world that we live in. This side of heaven is not going to be a cakewalk for anybody. It's just not how it works. But we can be comforted and confident that even though the world is an evil, dark, and dangerous place, and it's becoming worse every day. Well, if we follow the shepherd and if we live according to God's word, if we walk in the spirit, well, then we don't, have, we don't have to fear any evil. It doesn't matter what happens in the world around us because we know that the shepherd is with us to protect us and to direct us. And that's what the shepherd's rod and the staff were for. So shepherds had a rod that was, a, uh, was like a club that was made of oak, about two feet long. And it usually had a knob on the end of it. And the shepherd would drive nails into that knob, and he used it to protect his sheep from wolves and from thieves. You get near, to, you get near the sheep, you're going to get busted upside the head with this thing, that this club that he's got, right? But a shepherd also had a staff that was about five feet long, and the staff had a hook on the end of it. And he didn't use this staff to beat off the, uh, the thieves and all that. He used this staff to direct and correct his sheep. So when David says the Lord's rod and staff comfort him, he's saying the Lord is both the protector and the director of his sheep. So the Lord is there to protect us from our enemies and to direct us to keep us on the right path. And how does he do that? Well, there's three ways that God uses to direct us. His spirit, his word, and this is one we forget, his people. God directs us through all those things. And we should all take comfort in that. We should take comfort in knowing that no weapon formed against us will prosper because our God will fight for us. We should also take comfort in knowing that God will do everything he can to keep us on the right path. None of us are going to slip away from the Lord without him trying to bring us back. See, if we get off the right path, he will correct us. But I do have to say this. We can refuse to respond to that correction, and we can walk away from the Lord. See, God gives us all a choice whether we're going to follow him or not. But Jesus will not let his sheep wander off the right path. And he's not going to do that without trying to correct us and bring us back into the fold. And just let me say this as well. We should be like that with one another as well. If we see our brothers and sisters wandering off the path, we're supposed to go and bring them back. 
to correct them. You're going the wrong way. Come back to the right path. So the Lord is our protector and our director through each other as well. And in Psalm 23, 5, David takes the picture of provision and protection even further. He says, the Lord prepares a table for him in the presence of his enemies. And the Lord anoints his head with oil and gives him a cup that's running over with blessings. And this is an incredible picture. David's saying that he's enjoying a banquet of blessing that the Lord has prepared for him while the Lord, his shepherd, his protector, and his provider is keeping his enemies from attacking him. So when the Lord is all of those things to us, we can rest secure in his care, knowing that our enemies cannot harm us. I think too many of us are still afraid of the devil, right? Afraid of the devil. We shouldn't be afraid of the devil. The, de- the devil is a defeated foe. As long as we stay in the grip of the Lord Jesus, there's nothing the devil can do to harm us. Is that right? Is that right or is it not? The devil cannot harm us if we stay with the shepherd. If we get away from the shepherd, then we end up in trouble. In Psalm 23, uh, 6, David ends this psalm by reminding us that if we follow Jesus, two things are going to follow us wherever we go. Goodness and mercy will follow us throughout our lives. How many of y'all want goodness and mercy to follow you? We all want that, right? We need goodness. We need mercy. David is sure that he's going to have these things. He's sure that if the Lord is a shepherd, then everything he said about the Lord in this psalm will be true in his life. He will not lack any good thing. He will have all of his physical and spiritual needs met, and he will have rest and refreshing for his soul. And he will have the Lord as his protector and his director, and he will have goodness and mercy following him following him everywhere he goes. And after his time on this earth is through, David says he will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And we can look at this scripture right here as a prophecy. It's a prophecy for every single one of us, a prophecy that will finally be fulfilled for all of those who continue to trust in the Lord Jesus. This prophecy will be fulfilled in the new earth. See, if we continue to trust in the Lord as our protector and our director through our life, throughout our entire life, then we will eventually end up in the Father's house. And Jesus talked about this in John 14, 1 through 3. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus came to this life, lived a sinless life, or sorry, Jesus came to this earth, lived a sinless life, suffered and died for the sins of humanity, rose again from the grave and was exalted to heaven. He did all of that to prepare a place for you and me in our Father's house, a place where we can dwell in the Lord's presence forever. And Jesus is talking about a real place in the real city of the new Jerusalem. See, I think we think, uh, you know, when we die, we're going to float off in, the, in, in space somewhere playing harps or whatever. I don't know what we think about what, what this thing is about. But Jesus came to redeem humanity, to redeem the earth, right? The earth is going to be renewed. Humanity is going to be renewed. We're all going to have new bodies, all these things. It's, it's all going to be re- renewed. We're not going to float around in space somewhere forever. That's not how it's going to work. We're all going to dwell on the earth that's renewed and recreated with the Lord Jesus dwelling with us, and the Father is going to dwell with us as well. See, that holy city is going to come down from heaven one of these days onto the new earth, and when this happens, we will all dwell in the house of the Lord forever in resurrected and perfected bodies on a new and perfected earth where righteousness dwells. See, that's our future hope if we follow the Lord Jesus as our shepherd. Now, as we close, if we want all of our needs met in this life and in the life to come, then we all need to do what David teaches us in this psalm. We need to trust in the Lord Jesus as our shepherd, listen to his voice and follow him. Trust in the Lord Jesus as our provider, and he will meet our physical and spiritual needs. Trust in the Lord Jesus as our protector and our director, And he will protect us from all of our enemies, 
and he will direct our paths into the paths of righteousness. And if we'll continue to trust in the Lord Jesus as our shepherd, provider, protector, and director, then we can be absolutely sure that God's goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives and we'll always have all of our needs met in this life and in the life to come and we'll eventually dwell in the house of the Lord forever where we'll have all of our needs met together forever. That's something to be excited about, right? But let's all stand for prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for being our shepherd, our provider, our protector, and our director. Lord, help us to trust in you in all that we do. Help us to apply your word, apply your word to each of our hearts, and help us to obey it as you give us the strength. We ask it in your name. Amen. So they're going to sing, uh, I'm going to speak the blessing over you all. They're going to sing one last song. And I just want to remind you, after, after I speak the blessing, you're welcome to come forward and pray. If you want somebody to pray with you, somebody will be up here to do that. If you just want to pray by yourself, you're welcome to do that. Just step off to the side. If you want to uh, talk about anything I said today, somebody will help you with that as well. If you don't know the Lord and you want to know how to know the Lord, somebody will help you with that as well. Just come forward. So I'll speak the Lord's blessing over you all. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name. Here in your love, here in your love.